Please bow your heads and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all together tonight to fellowship and to worship you. And I ask that you will be with Dan tonight as he delivers his message. And I ask that it will change us and that we will go out and make the world, lead the world to you. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. So nice hearing y'all sing again. That's two weeks in a row. It's like, wow, what's happened here? Who's great are your Lord, your Lord think? Has this one. Here you go. Sorry, sir. Great. Um, hello. Hello. That's better. Uh, we're in the book of Acts. Still in the book of Acts. It was written by who? Luke. He was one of the 12 doctors. Wasn't a dis- di- disciple. That was a trick. Uh, and he also wrote the book of Luke, y'all are amazing scholars. Um, it's incredible. I would like to, to uh, start out with a story. I didn't warn my wife about this. A story about my father-in-law. Or a story about my, my father in outlaw. My father-in-law is an evangelist. Some would define that term, and many have been to church before, where an evangelist comes to your church and will preach for four nights and a lot of folks come and folks are saved and he goes from church to church and, and he does that sort of thing. Well, that's not what my father-in-law is. He's a preacher, but he doesn't really go from church to church. They don't invite him to do big revivals and stuff like that. He's an evangelist in the acts term of the word. A man who goes around from place to place And at any and every opportunity, he takes the chance to point others to to Jesus. That's sort of what he does. And I can tell you and my family can tell you that many times it feels like it's the most inopportune time, like the worst time possible. That all of a sudden we're in a restaurant ordering a meal. The waitress is busy, flustered. She's got eight tables where one of them and everybody else is yelling for help. And he goes, honey, have you heard that old hymn? How great thou art. And he starts singing like that, but louder. <laughs> While we tend to slunk and, and, and people are staring. Have you ever been in, in, in one of those? It can be, it can be terrifying. To be with them because you don't know what is going to happen. But for him, every time is an opportune time to share the gospel. One thing he uses, and this came up in conversation this week, uh, when talking to people, he'll start and begin to share Christ with them, share the gospel with them, and they will most often than not say, Oh, I'm already a Christian. And he doesn't stop at that point when they tell him, I'm already a Christian. He immediately goes to his go-to follow-up, which is, do you know what the saddest story in the Bible is? Many times they might share some things, some stories that are sad, Jesus dying on the cross. They might share all sorts of things. And he'll go, well, can I share you with you what I think it is? And then he goes into Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. And I've got it so you can look at it on the screen. 
and we're going to start to read it right here. It says this. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. From then, he just begins to, to share about the grace of God and the love of God and what it means to be a believer in Christ and the, and the fruit that shows to those who are believers in Christ. You see, my fa- father-in-law, he's con- 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 confident of two things. And it's two things we need to be confident of as well. And the first thing is this. Time is short and we have much to do. He's confident because he takes every opportunity. And sometimes it's just the worst time. But their life is more important than anything else that you're doing. And, and he's right. Time is short and we have much to do. And the second belief that he has is all faith is not saving faith. All faith is not saving faith. And he wants to make sure you understand what the gospel is and what saving faith, true faith in Jesus Christ is because that's what you need to have. We're going to read the introductory text tonight. We're in Acts chapter 8 and we're going to talk a lot more about this. Uh, And so uh, we're going to just read the intro from verse 4 to 8. I'm going to ask you to stand with me just as we begin uh, in God's, uh, with God's uh, holy and perfect word. Uh, And uh, beginning verse 4, it said, now those who were scattered, these were the Christians who were, who were scattered by Saul as he began to persecute them, went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word tonight. I thank you so much for your truth tonight. And God, I just ask for your truth to be seen and heard clearly and just help me just to get out of the way um, and, and uh, help us to hear you because we need you because uh, it's, it's not my words that, that change. It's your, your word uh, and you and you, your spirit. So Lord, we invite you in this place right now to move. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody be seated. Who here has heard the parable of the sower and the seed? Anybody heard of that, right? There's, there, there's four, the, the seed falls on four types of ground. Where's the first place the seed falls? Does anybody remember? Just name one of the places the seed falls. The path, okay, the path, okay. It, it falls on the path. And what occurs to the seed that falls on the path? Bird, birds eat it, right? Birds come, eat it up. Where else does the seed fall? The, the rocky soil, let's go, go, go there, the rocky ground. What occurs to the seed that falls on the rocky ground? It grows up, the sun comes out, and it burns it, and it dies. It begins to sprout. Sun comes out. There's no roots going down because the ground is too, too hard, and it dies. Where's the third place? I heard it. Thorns. Among, what occurs to the seed in the thorns? Thorns, thorns grow up around it. They choke it out. What, where's the fourth place? 
the good soil. Okay, so we see there's four soils the seed falls in. This is who says who is one that is the te- the teacher of this par- 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 parable. Je- Jesus is okay. These are his words as he goes and tells this story, and then he goes on to explain it because they don't get it. His apostles don't even get it, and this is is what he says for the stuff that is on the path. And the birds devour, he says, when the words preached and not understood, the e- evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. It means God's word is shared, and someone begins to respond to it, but it, it, they don't grab it fully, and it's snatched away, and it's gone. They, they, they don't really get it. The rocky ground, what sprung up in the sun scorch, it says, he says, one who hears the word, and immediately receives it with joy. Yes, I want my faith in that. I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. Those words can be said. Those words can be meant. But it never takes root in their life. There's never fruit in their life. And, and so what happens is, as the day goes, the sun comes up. And he says right here, it says they receive it with joy. But when tribulation comes, they immediately fall away. Is that someone who has a faith that saves them? Or no? That it's not. It's not. We don't tend to think about a, there being a faith that doesn't save you. It's not something we talk about a lot, but it's in the story clear as day. He says there's one that goes among the thorns. He explains it this as one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. It's a faith, but it's not a saving faith. And then it says there's one on good soil, one who hears the word and understands it, and he indeed bears fruit. How do you know, one, that the faith is a, 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 a saving faith? It bears fruit. Through the book of 1 John, through, throughout the Word of God, what it asks for is that it bears fruit. The Bible's clear that there's a faith that does not save, save, save you. Is that scary to some of you? Because it really should be. It should be something that sort of wakes us up and goes, okay. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this is the word of God. Where am I? Because if we can't ask where, where am I? We're, we're never going to grow in our faith. We're, we're, we're never going to know if we've got it or not. So we're going to look today in the scripture in Acts 8 uh, at faulty views that leads to a faith that doesn't save you. So if you're going, okay, let me sort of see where I am. Or it could be a close friend of yours that you're, you're wor- wor- worried about. That God is speaking you to speak truth in their life. Turn to Acts 8, beginning in verse 9. There was a man named Simon who had previously pr- practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was some, some, somebody great. They all paid att- attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. First faulty view we see here is a faulty view of self. When you meet somebody who thinks that they're all that in a bag of chips, or if you, you look in the mirror and you think that you are all that in a bag of chips and the world needs you and God needs you and you make everything better, you, you better be a little bit worried about yourself. 
or you better be worried about your friend. A, a faulty view of self means this. It's all about me. This guy is, is big wig in the, in the city, and he saying that, and he even said himself, when somebody says, hey, I'm great, that's a warning. Don't follow them or cheer, cheer them on. Do we understand that? Don't. You're, you're, there's pride in himself, saying that he himself was somebody great, and they paid attention to him from the least to the greatest in this city. And when we have this view that it's all about me, then it's all about my happiness, my comfort, what I have, my gain, my new car, the right friends, the right girlfriend or boyfriend, so I, so I look good. It's, it's all about me. It's, and, and I want you to adore me. When we have that view, it's a faulty view of self, and it's going to lead you to a faith that doesn't save. Because a faith that saves is not about you, it's about God. Your life is not about you, it's about God. Now, my wife and I got to go on a Disney cruise. It was a little bit about us, okay? We went on a Disney cruise without our kids a few weeks ago. And I like the, 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 the cruise. We've been a few times. I won't say how many, but we've been a few times. Took our kids once. Um, but um, <clears throat> so... And we like it because the shows are pretty clean. I mean, they're, they're very clean, and they're, they're, they're well done. But there's a theme that goes through all the shows that can be disturbing if you really listen to it or watch it. And it's a theme in all of their movies, and it's this. Hey, hey, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Oh, if you love them, follow your heart. Every theme, every Disney dream show that we saw in Disney Believe, you just got to believe with your heart. You know what the Word of God says about your heart? Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. It's ill. And that's not good. Like It used to be like, yo, yo, illin. That used to be a cool term. It's not. It's ill. It's dying. It's disgusting. And it says this. Who can even understand it? Man, your, your heart. And hey, so hey, listen. Don't follow your heart. Follow your transformed heart that God is moving and what God's word says to do. Because sometimes your heart will say, oh, I don't want to do that. That could, that, could, that could cost me pain. I don't want to do that. But God says, love them the way that I love them. It will cost you, but it's for my honor and glory. You, you, we, don't follow your heart. Disney is wrong. I know, I know. Faulty view of self um, I've got just some news for everybody, and this includes myself. God has no need for you. Okay, wait a second. What did he just say? Wait a second. God doesn't need you. He chooses to use you out of his grace and mercy. He doesn't need you. He's not relying on you. He's not dependent on you. Don't have this faulty view of self. Understand, God can get it done Without you, God chooses in his grace and mercy and love to use you and to work through you and to, to reach those around you who you love. He, he does use you, and he, we could say he needs you, but he doesn't need you. Do you understand? Yes? No? We're just, we're just tired. Okay, good. Let's go on. So a faulty view of self. He had clearly a faulty view of self. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip... As he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even, get this, even Simon himself believed. 
And after being baptized, he was baptized. He continued with Philip. That means he went along with Philip. He almost became a disciple of Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to, to them Peter and John. Who were Peter and John? What roles did they have in the church? Anybody remember? What were Peter and John? They were, they were two of the 12 disciples. Very good. They were two apostles, dis, di, disciples. That's very important for what's going on in this scene here. Now, so they send for Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he, the Spirit, had not fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay. As I, when I've read this text before, I've gone, okay, I've got a little problem right here. Because no one has really laid hands on me to give me the Holy, the, the, the Holy Spirit. As I've understood it, as I put my faith in Christ, not even being baptized, as I place my faith and trust in Christ, God places his spirit in me. And all of a sudden, we see a text here that that doesn't occur. Why is that? I'm so glad you asked. This is why. Samaritans, were they good, good, good friends with the Jews? Why were, they, why were the Samaritans and the Jews enemies? Anybody know? Ooh, someone's got a thought. I'll explain it to you because we don't have enough time for me to wait. Samaritans came from the upper kingdom of Israel. They were the, the, the Jews from the upper kingdom and the lower kingdom after it split when Sol, 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 Solomon died. Not Saul. Solomon died. Now, it split. Assyrians in like 732 BC, they, they annihilated the upper king, kingdom. Samaritans annihilated them took a lot of the Jews away, left a few there, and they took all these folks from all the lands that they had con 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 conquered. They brought them in, and they settled with the Jews. So they immersed the culture with the Jews. The lower kingdom didn't get annihilated till 500 and something B.C., and they, the Jews sort of got to stay there. They, they were pulled away, but they, they, they were pulled away as a group, and then they were brought back as a group. They came back a, as a group. So the lower kingdom, the Jews, were, were pure bloods. The upper kingdom, or the Samaritans, were half-bloods. Ooh, I've heard that term before, right? Anybody heard that term before? I love that book. <laughs> okay. Um, so... The upper ones that were half-bloods, they had, they had merged in. So the Jews who were from the south were like, thought they were like second class because they, they, they weren't pure Jews. Their roots weren't, weren't purely Jewish roots. And because they weren't that way, the pagan culture and beliefs had come into Samaritans at the time. They believed in the first five books of the Bible, the same as the Jews did, but they didn't really adhere to the rest of the books. And there was a lot of things they followed, but there was a, quite a few things that they did not. So Jews would, would not even go through, and S S 
Samaria in the time of, of Christ was like right smack dab in the middle of the Jews. And to go from Galilee to Jerusalem, you, the best way was to go right straight through some Samaria. But they wouldn't go through because there would be fighting and hate and all this stuff. So Peter and John come, the gospel goes out, and it goes, one of the, the first spots it goes out to is Samaria, to the place where the half-blood Jews are that the Jews before have detested. And God sends Philip there. And he sends him there, and Philip speaks and shares, and they believe and they're baptized, but the Spirit doesn't come down. Why does he do that? It's because the Jews in Jerusalem, Peter and John went because they were apostles. They were leaders in the church, and they go to confirm that it's authentic conversion so that they can't say, oh, they, they sort of believe, but they don't believe it right. They went to make them one body in Christ. They went to say, hey, we see that these are true believers in Jesus Christ. And at that, that moment, the Spirit of God fell on those who believed. Y'all get that? Does that make sense? They wanted it to be real. They wanted to make it not the split group that it had always been, but bring unity in Christ. And can I tell you, Christ for a believer who's on this side of the fence and one who's on that side of the fence, you may not agree on some things, but there has got to be unity in your relationship. God intends for there to be unity in Christ. So it goes on from there, okay? So they lay hands. The Spirit of God falls down. And it says this in verse 18. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Don't forget Simon now. He was the guy who was the big wig in town. Philip came and all of a sudden took the show. He comes and stays by the, the new guy. Who's, who's winning the crowd. And all of a sudden he said, oh, oh, give me that power. Give me that power because I like power. I'm good with power. The people love me with power. That's what he's saying. Faulty view of self. And here he has a faulty view of salvation. He has a faulty view of salvation. I, I've, I, I've got to do this so that they can be saved. This is what I'm going to do. It's for my gain. I'm going to do this and this is how it's going to work. Can I, t- I, I, t- I tell you, a faith that doesn't save, has a faulty view of salvation. Um, and, and, and one point is, I, I must physically do this to, to be saved. I must, I must pray this prayer in order to be saved. Can I tell you, you just praying a prayer isn't going to, that's not what saves you. It's the intent of your heart. It's, I, if I just walk this aisle, when he says, walk this aisle or raise your hand, that's what's going to save me. That doesn't save you. If I just ask Jesus into my heart, that's not it. It's not that, that if I give God enough, man, if I just, if I just you know, I, I, I gave like to some guy walking down the street like $4. I should be good, right? That's like fruit. I'm baptized. Dude, I was baptized. I'm good. Don't miss this. Simon believed was baptized, and he, he followed around the disciple who had saved him and listened to him. And he still didn't get it. A faulty view of salvation as well as if I believe in, um, uh, 
in Jesus, in this world, he will give me fill in the blank. Salvation is not about your earthly gain. It is never about your earthly gain. You can have peace from it here on earth, but it's not about any gain. It's not about you. If if you just get saved, your life will be better and you will have money. You know how many folks will get, get saved every day because that line is said to them? Is that a faith that saves? That's not a faith that saves. That's called prosperity gospel. That, that, that's not it. Hey, if you just pray this prayer, man, life will be easy and you will be comfortable. Can I, tell, can I tell you, a faith that saves is if you put your faith in Christ, you will be more uncomfortable than you, you've ever been because God is calling you to do things that are outside of what your earthly body wants to do. It's like my, fa- my father-in-law. When you're, I'm like, no, no, he's going there, and everything in me wants just to run sometimes. Just because it's awkward. I don't want people to feel awkward. Uh, if I believe in Jesus in this world, he will give me anything I ask. Can I tell you all, there's a verse that says, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. It's in, it's in John chapter 15, verse 7. Now, that's, that's only the last half of that verse. Some people will take that verse and go, name it, claim it, baby. It's what the Word of God says. Ask it. I want that girl to be my wife and a new car. Come on, God. You failed me. What's going on? The true, true verse, if you read all, says, if you remain in me, my word remains in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. And if you remain in Christ, if you remain in God, and you're in his word, you're going to ask what what God, God wants and not what you want. That's what the verse means. So, so these things are taken out of context. He has a faulty, faulty view of salvation. So, so he says, hey, just give me the power. I will give you money. I will, I will give whatever because I want what he has because that is cool. I could really make this go a long way. In verse 20, but Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. So he says, he says this, well, hear this verse again. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. He gives them clear instruction on what to do. And Simon says this. And Simon, uh, uh, in verse, verse 23, Peter says, For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bonds of iniquity or sin. Iniquity is sin. And, and Simon said, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Does he say, can you pray to the Lord that I will be forgiven for my sin and that I will turn away from that sin and I will not do that anymore? He says, oh, pray to the Lord that doesn't occur because that sounds bad. See, he had a faulty view of self. He had a faulty view of salvation. And he has a faulty view of sin. And can I tell you, many, many, probably in this room, in our church, in the, ch- the churches t- 
today have a faulty view of sin. You think, okay, I sinned, I admitted my sin, I sort of confessed it, and I'm sorry for it, and I'm really broken up about it. Can I tell you that's a faulty view of sin? Can I tell you that those steps right there sound really good, but it, it stops short of where you ought to go? Romans 3.23, just, just to remind you, for all have what? Sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, okay, we, we all sin and fall short of the glory. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is, but the gift of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God. So, as it goes on, can I explain this to you? What's the first thing that Peter says for him to do in verse 22? One word. Starts with an R, ends with repent. Repent. Very good. Repent. That's the first thing he says. And that's the last step. You, you can be sorry for your sin. Most of the time we're sorry for our sin because we're caught in our sin. And that brings the sorrow for our sin. And we don't want the consequence of the sin. Just like this guy didn't want the consequence of the sin. But do you understand that with your sin, repentance of sin is mandatory. What's repentance? That means know where that sin is. You acknowledge your sin. You're sorry for your sin. And you turn from that sin and you fight to get away. Now I understand we turn from sin and sometimes we fight to, to, to get away. And we slip right into it. I'm not saying you're lost because you struggle with a sin. I'm saying you're lost because you no longer fight against that sin. You, you make things up to make like, it's okay, I can do this, it's, it's all right, I just, you know, I'm just going to live the way I want to. He had a faulty view of sin, and he never got it. In verse 25, it says this, Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. This is a beautiful text just because the word of God has gone to a people who the Jews have hated for over 700 years. Have you ever hated somebody for 700 years? We don't really even understand what that's like, but it has been built down, built down, built down. They've, they, it's something they've been taught, they've been taught, they've been taught, they've been taught, and they, just, they hate them. And all of a sudden, God's grace goes, we're going there. And the disciples and those who, who believe Philip, they didn't go, ah, God, I didn't really put in to go to Samaria. I put in to go to Egypt. You know, They didn't do that. They said, they just went and began to work. That's what they did. Interesting thing about this guy, Simon. We have a word in the English language that comes from him. It's called simony. S-I-M-O-N-Y. It's a real word. This is what the word means. The making of profit out of sacred things. Comes back to, to this guy. This guy is believed to be the 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 father of a belief called Gnosticism. Uh, and, and we're not going to go explain all that, but it is contrary and dirt, dirt directly against God. So from what we can tell, what history says to us, he never got it right. Wait, wait he believed. 
He was baptized. He went to church and youth group and everything that he was supposed to do. He, he really looked like he had it, but he didn't. So what is a faith that saves? Simply a right view of self um, is that I'm a sinner. And apart from the saving work of God, I am lost and I have no hope unless God intervenes. And God did. You've got to get to that point of understanding who you are and who God is. I believe if you don't understand that you sin and you can't fix it, your need for God you're never going to really get to God. You've got to understand, man, this is my only hope, a right view of salvation. There's a verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. It's trusting in the Lord with all your heart. It's not about your earthly gain. It's God's earthly glory and your eternal gain. That's what salvation is about. My faith in Christ, my life, because he has paid a debt that I could not pay. My sin, what I earn from sin, what we all earn from sin is, is, is death, physical death and eternal hell. And hell is a place of eternal pain and hurt. Eternal. It doesn't stop. When we think a little bit more about what, what hell is, I think we're more drawn to go, you know, I really need to speak about this more to those, the, those people, not just that I care about, but those that I meet, maybe in a restaurant or wherever I go. A right view of sin. Um, it's, it's a me problem. Sin is a me problem. And I've got to turn from, from that sin and turn to Christ. You turn from and you turn to. That is, is the right view because sin is going to lead me, everybody, to hell for those that don't believe, those who don't repent. The question is, where are you tonight? How is your faith? Have you put your faith in Christ? And is it a faith that saves? Or is it a faith that does not save? Have you just come to church well, I come to church because my parents say I, I have to. Or it's, it's my friends, and I like my set of friends, so I'm just going to go along with their plan. Can I, t- I, I tell you there's so much more to the life you're living than where you are now. And it's not here to... to my, my whole goal of this text, truth, truthfully, is not to scare you into, hey, you don't want to go to hell, you better get saved. But I want you to understand what salvation is, what God does. When we have no hope, because of what we, we've done, we rebel, we choose to sin. We all sin and fall short. And the wages, what we earn from sin is death. And we choose that sin. And God, in his mercy and grace and love, which makes no sense to me, I can't explain it. I can only tell you I've experienced it. He says, I love you and I choose you and I fight for you and I will give up everything for you. And he does that in the payment for sin of the perfect sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. That's why you, you accept the sacrifice that, that Jesus made for your sin, that you turn from that sin and, and you, you run to Christ and you live your life honoring God and giving him glory. That's what it means to be saved. And if you might be in this room right now and you go, man, I'm not sure if I've ever got that right. 
but, but man, I really, really want to talk to someone about that. And it's not a prayer you pray. It's not just the, having the exact most beautiful words to say or saying it really clear or whatever. Praise God, because if not, I would never get saved the way I talk. It's that God is gracious and you take your heart and say, God, forgive me for my sins and I accept the gift of your son and you fight to honor him the rest of your life. That's what salvation is. I want to ask for all heads bowed and eyes closed just for uh, a, a minute. And if, if you're here tonight and, and this is just for me to see, nobody else to see, but uh, if you're struggling to tonight on going, man, I'm just, I'm not quite sure if I've got it right or not. If you're struggling with that or you think, man, I probably don't have this right, uh, I just want to first be able to pray for you uh, and, and uh, know that it's, it's something you can take care of right here, right now, even as I'm speaking. You can talk to God and say, God, I give you my life. I accept the sacrifice that you gave. If that's you t- tonight, and you, just, you just want somebody just to pray for you tonight. Uh, and you're okay with me knowing I'd love just to be able to pray for you. It'd be my honor to pray for you. Just raise your hand up, uh, and you, you just real quick, and then you put it right down, okay? I see you. I see you. I see you. All right, I see you. you put your hands down if you put them up already. I, I, anybody else? Okay, dear God, I thank you so much for each student that's in this place. Um, God, I just ask that, that you will um, open up this place and let this be a, pl- a, a place where you reign, where, where um, you help to solidify uh, faith in you, Lord, even this night. Uh, whether it's in this room or as, as, as students go home to talk to mom and dad or they're alone in the room, Lord, may they know that you are a God that comes to where we, you meet us where we are, you p- pursue us, uh, that you love us and you you gave up everything for us. And Lord, with, with what you have, 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 have given, Lord, may we, may we learn to honor you back and give you our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.